Welcome to the Imperfect Professional Podcast, where we have real conversations about what it looks like to run a business that fits your lifestyle. We're here to ditch perfectionism and comparison and instead create our own rules about what a perfect business looks like. I'm Shana Nacion and I'm your host. Join me and our amazing guests from all around the world for some real talk about identity, mindset, and authenticity in the small business world. Hello, and welcome to our latest podcast episode. I am super, super excited about this one. Our guest today is Steph Wharton, and I'm Shada Nacion. <laughs> and so I always, I don't know, I've, I introduce myself after I introduce every guest. I guess this is going to be like a tradition, but Steph Wharton is our guest today, and she's amazing. I think we've known each other for like two years at this point, something like that. So Steph is joining us all the way from Canada, and yeah, it's like actual winter there, so. Super exciting to talk with her, but Steph is a leadership and visibility coach, and she runs a podcast called The Fiercely Visible CEO. Is that correct? Okay. Perfect. And so, yeah, Steph is here to talk to us about all things authenticity and especially in like the leadership and visibilities, visibility space on social media as well. Like it's such a big topic. So, yeah, let's dive into it. Steph, can you tell us a little bit about you and about your business and what is a leadership and visibility coach. Definitely. Thank you so much for that introduction and for hosting me today. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> like you said, like we have known each other for, I want to say almost exactly two years or just slightly over that. So it's really cool to now be able to come together in this format and just hang out and share our thoughts on whether it's authenticity, running a business and all that stuff. So like you said, very beautifully, I am a leadership and visibility coach. What I like to do inside of my business is help my clients and my community overall through whatever free content I might have to really start to break the rules on how they believe that they need to run a business. And typically in the visibility space, that looks like relying constantly on scrolling through social media and being so attached to your business, to your phone and worrying about where the next client is going to come from and instead just stepping into what feels more natural to you like who are you really how is it that you want to show up how is it that you want to market yourself how is it that you actually can leverage the connections that you already have so all those business besties the people that you're meeting on social media how can you leverage those connections in order to mutually serve your audiences whether it's through collaborations through partnerships and through other methods that are gonna gain you the type of exposure that are gonna allow you to just like have fun be yourself and it really embody that leader that expert that you already are in a way that's gonna attract people to you so instead of worrying about where your next client is coming from they're actually reaching out to you, which is a really cool thing to experience. It's such a huge shift when it's more magnetic than it is like you doing all the legwork. What would you say is the biggest difference between somebody who would describe themselves as like a marketing coach versus what you do? Ooh, that's very interesting. So to be perfectly honest, there are, depending on the coach, there's a lot of overlap. Traditionally, when people think of a coach when they're first entering the industry, they're thinking a business coach. However, a business coach is such a wide umbrella because they could help you with marketing, with sales, with visibility, with systems behind the scenes, right? So with your specific explanation slash comparison, when we're talking about marketing, it could in theory be any type of marketing. So under that, you have Instagram marketing, Pinterest marketing, Facebook marketing, all that good stuff. 
So a coach can decide whether they specialize in one platform or whether they're going to help you on a broad spectrum. So now in terms of visibility, it's actually about not really thinking of the platforms themselves and thinking about how you can just come together to get in front of new people. So to give you some examples, this can look like speaking at a summit. So you're collaborating with a host and with a bunch of other speakers in order to break forward a lot of educational content and different perspectives on how to run a business or depends on what the topic for the summit is. And that's a great way of getting in front of the right audiences. But it could also be something as uh, simple as a podcast where it's just two people as opposed to, let's say, 40. It could be something like doing a joint IG live. So now you're inside of Instagram marketing. However, you're doing it a little bit more creatively and collaboratively. So, I mean, there's like a lot, probably, I want to say I've outlined about 30 different ways they can collaborate with people. Like we get into affiliate sales, we get into so many other different creative ways to show up, but that would be the main difference is we're not focused on a platform. We're focused more on people and on getting on in front of the right audience versus getting lost in a big social media platform. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think it brings us back to the idea of like where business comes from and business really comes from building relationships with people. And I love that you bring it back from, okay, we're going to automate your email marketing and we're going to do all this stuff. Like, yes, okay, those are things that you can do. But at the end of the day, it's about building genuine relationships with people. And that's where that connection and that trust comes from. And I love that you focus so much on that. That's so true. The connection, the trust is so key. Because at the end of the day, like when we're looking to stand out and calling the right people to us, people that are ready to invest, yes, of course, there are strategic things that you can do inside of your business to stand out and to be different. But ultimately, we're all human beings that to some extent crave connection, whether we are introverts or extroverts, there's some sense of a community and trust that is developed through getting to know people on the real sense of both as opposed to that superficial like we have to be perfect and everything has to be perfectly mapped out and the content has to be written the right way and all that stuff we let go of that and in some circumstances as real people and that more often than not is a deciding factor why somebody will decide to invest in you over somebody else of course there's other factors but i feel like in my world, from my point of view, it's just with people and those connections that you build go a much longer way because then you're actually working with people that you care about deeply because you have a lot in common, perhaps maybe similar, similar values or similar hobbies, whatever that might be that you have in common. So you like to work with them more. They start to trust you more. And that relationship actually allows for better results, whether you are a coach or a done-for-you service provider. At the end of the day, same thing buys. Yeah. No, I totally agree that results are something that we all are looking for. But really where it comes from is that you have passion for what you're doing. Because if you have results from the things that you're not passionate about, Sure. Okay. Maybe you at the end of the day were successful in something, but you probably didn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, it's, it's true. Like after a while, it's like pulling teeth. I remember, so I used to be a designer. That's how we originally met. And one of the offers that I was providing was website design. And it felt to some extent like pulling teeth because there was some projects that I found 
like really fun, perhaps because of the person I was working with or the industry or the design style. There was just something that was definitely keeping me there and hooked with web design. But at the end of the day, I realized most encounters that I had and most projects I was working on, I was still forcing it to some extent. I wasn't as passionate in that as I was with brand strategy, let's say, or full-on coaching people on how to build out their strategy. So that was one of the kind of like, mm, you know what, like if this isn't really my passion, I need to figure my shit out and start pursuing something that I care more about, essentially. Yeah, for sure. And like, and that's actually the perfect segue into talking about like where you came from, because I know a little bit of your story, but tell us like, you originally started out in kind of the corporate world, right? Yes, yes, I did for about like seven years. <laughs> seven years, my God. Yeah, it was a long journey. I was in the insurance industry. I just fell into it, which looking back is kind of funny because I guess to some extent, I've fallen into a lot of the careers or even my business that I've been in. It's always been a connection that I've had. Oh my God, I just realized this. I'm like getting it. <laughs> okay, wait, let me like figure this shit out. Okay. So my first job part-time I landed that one through a neighbor. We had just moved in. We were hitting it off and whatnot. And they referred me to that job. McDonald's. So awesome. I worked there for like five years. Then corporate job. I landed that through a friend, a roommate that I had had. They knew of an opportunity, hooked me up. Awesome. Now this, I don't think that it was so much a connection, but it was just randomly landing into it. So I landed into brand design through a random ad that I saw, it really, really spoke to me. And then six months later, I saw it again. And I was in a position at a stage in life slash in my career where I was not happy and I hadn't been for several years. So I was like, it is time for me to find a hobby, find something fun to do. And through that, I made friends through the courts that were starting their own business. And I was like, wait, maybe I can start my own business and it doesn't have to be a hobby. I'm like, okay. So, and then through that, I feel like so many instances, it's always been either knowing somebody for either to get a referral, to get a recommendation, to get an in on something, to get motivated. So connections really, they formed the foundation of every like big decision that I was making in life. And that's pretty freaking cool. So then to be able to bring that into how you actually run your business, I guess I was just meant to do this the whole time. And I'm just realizing this now. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, and knowing you as just kind of a friend, that's always what makes me drawn to what you're doing is because you always are so like just it's like this wild vibe of curiosity. You're like, ooh, look at that. Ooh, yeah, let's talk about this. Oh, and yeah, somebody was talking to me about this thing. Let's do an Instagram live about it. And it's like you're always looking at things through a different lens. And I think that's super cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because on the outside, I, I clearly am getting to see that that is what people might see and interpret let's say from what I'm doing but from the inside it's funny that in my perspective I actually hold back on a lot of things like I've had I try to for the most part in the new year make like a list of goals for my business and they're not always financial sometimes it's like cool ideas that I might have or the way that I want to structure my life so then I can build a business that will actually sustain that lifestyle and through all that, I'll add these goals and they actually, some of them sit on there for like a year and I still don't do it until finally <laughs> comes around. The podcast was one of them. Diving into merchandising was another one of them. They just sit there for like the longest time until finally make, you know what? I have the space. 
I clearly have been dreaming, so to speak, about this for like over a year. So obviously it's something that I need to take action on. Yeah. No, that's funny. That's actually very similar to how I treat going into the grocery store of all things. It's like I see something. Yeah, I'll see something and I'm like, oh, I should get this. And I put it in my cart and I walk through the whole grocery store. And if by the time I get to the end, I still want to buy the thing, then I'm like, okay, I know this is meant for me. So it's like, I love that that's how you handle your goals too. You're like, okay, it's going to sit there. And if it stays there for a long time, I know it's meant to be because I'm still interested in it after all this time. (laughs) That's amazing. I feel similarities and differences to that in like my personal life. So I do something similar with shopping for clothes, but I won't grab it because I know if I grab it, I'm buying it. So I'll just (laughs) see it. I'll think that looks really nice. I'll walk around the mall. And then if I'm still thinking about that item, by the end, I will go back in and I'll buy it. And that's what I think. (laughs) If it's not on my, hey, I need it list, it's always, let's heal it out. Let's think about it. So I love your friggin' your grocery store story. That's amazing. (laughs) See, it works. It's like, it's interesting mindset hacks that like allow us to really feel what's aligned for us and what isn't. So how did you know when you were kind of in that corporate space? I know that you said you kind of saw this brand design idea and you were like, I need a hobby. What was it that made you think to yourself that first thought of like, I need something fun? (laughs) For me, um, I know everybody has their own kind of like pivotal moments. Sometimes it doesn't have to feel super like climactic. But for me, it really did feel like it. Like I mentioned, I hadn't been happy in my corporate job for almost three years. I was really anxious, burnt out. I was handling, essentially what I was doing is I was handling way more work and way more accounts than I was equipped to be able to handle uh, in terms of time, but also in terms to some extent of the role that I was taking. I was taking a little bit more of a senior role with certain accounts simply because there was people on mat leave and we were, let's say, either gaining more accounts, things were being shifting and moving, the market was changing. So through all that, I started to develop a lot of anxiety, which I hadn't actively noticed that I had before. And through all that, it just kept building and building and building and building up. And it was mostly not because, not just because I was feeling burnt out and overworked, but also because I started to realize that I don't necessarily want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I'm not happy. I go to work. I come home. The commute is like an hour and a half each way. And then all I have time for is to basically have dinner, then start the hobby, which I had started. So I would work into the night and then go to bed and then repeat. So when I had seen the ad, I was like, you know what? Like, I need something that's going to allow me to hit the restart button every evening so then I can go to work without feeling completely miserable. So I signed up to a course. I ended up taking a bunch of courses, at least three, four, five, at least five or six, I believe. Some of them in the design field. Some of them were completely random, like photography, VA kind of stuff. And yeah, that's pretty much how I ended up deciding I need a hobby and brand design became it. Nice. And another question that I've been asking guests since our first interview is like, 
When you were a little kid, did you think that you wanted to be a business owner? What did you want to be when you grew up? So no, I definitely did not think I was going to be a business owner. I don't think I was aware of anybody who owned their own business. So made my mind how you grow up and make a living and just do quote unquote the things that you're supposed to do, which that could be an entire conversation in itself. Yes. <laughs> um, so because I didn't see necessarily any entrepreneurs, at least I wasn't aware of it. I just figured corporate would be the way in. And the one of the things that I remember is I was toying around with the idea. And I mean, when I say toying around, I don't mean seriously because I was a child, but I loved the idea of being an architect. So I would draw out all these like little house blueprints and like there's the bedroom, there's the kitchen, there's the closet. And I freaking loved doing that so much. And then the second thing I thought of was uh, essentially just like being a secretary, like business admin, because at the time my mother was a secretary at the school that I was going to. So I was like, okay, that's a good fit. That's like a good career. She gets to see her kids. She has like good hours done. Like that could definitely be a goal of mine. But needless to say, I didn't do either. So here we are. Yeah, I know. And it's interesting what kinds of things influence us to make those decisions, right? You know, it's like, you bring up a lot of things that are driven by like, what examples do you have growing up? And I think that that's a really important conversation to have even today, not just as kids, but like if you have examples of all the different possibilities that are out there and people can just kind of genuinely say what works for them without apologizing for it. I feel like that opens up so many more doors for people who are just starting out in their business or trying to find something different, you know? <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It's either it's, on one hand, when it comes to the entrepreneurship world, I think that's super important, especially for all of us, regardless of whether where we are at in our business, to just be more vulnerable, to be more open and transparent about how things look like both the good stuff and the not so rosy uh, areas of business and the struggles that we sometimes face, because it makes it more realistic if we know that there's both good and bad. But it also, like you said, it sets us up for success because we actually get to understand what our life could look like, what our business could look like. But like I was kind of like alluding to the beginning, that can apply for business, but it can also apply for life. Like there's so many things that we just don't look at. And I don't know, maybe I'll avoid that because it maybe gets a little bit too personal. It's not too public right now. But there's just like certain things. Like you grew up thinking like, uh, a family looks a certain way, love looks a certain way, and all that kind of stuff, just because that's what you see in the media. That's what you see in life. And no, it doesn't have to be that way. If you have a different version of what being happy means, regardless of whether that's a career or a lifestyle choice or you want to travel or whatever you want to do, then seeing it in the world and now seeing it on social media is such a big part of making it realistic and making it like something that you can actually achieve and strive for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just want to tell you, like, if you want to talk about the deep personal shit, like, by all means, do it if you feel like that's what you want to say. I think we each have a very specific idea of what people's lifestyles look like if they're business owners. And I know for you, you've really had to challenge that status quo. And for me, I've definitely had to. So I feel like those are important conversations to have. If you feel like that's something you want to talk about, you don't have to, like, not go there. but also, you don't feel like you have to be pressured to go there if you don't want to. <laughs> I appreciate you. You're freaking amazing. Um, I'll, I'll share one story just for color, I guess. So 
oh, there's so many things that I could share. See, that's the thing. One of the reasons why I didn't want to dive in is it's only simply because I could literally talk about this for hours. But okay. Uh, we can have you on the yeah. podcast like five times. Right? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, okay, let's touch on this because it actually has a lot to do with authenticity and being yourself and owning your truth as a business owner. So uh, one of the things that I... I did not necessarily actively struggle with it, but now looking back, I realized that I definitely would have. And it's the fact that the traditional life is you go to school, you go to post grad or whatever you want to call it, university, college, that kind of stuff. And then you find somebody, you marry them, start a family, you buy a home, you have kids, all the good stuff, right? Which is a wonderful way to live. However, is not the only option for you. And for me, being gay, that was something that I was e- wasn't even aware could be a possibility to marry a woman. I, I didn't even realize that I liked women because there was no movies, no shows, nothing that ever portrayed that you could fall in love with somebody that wasn't of the opposite sex. So then to come into terms with that and then realize that this is how I actually want to live my life and what actually makes me happy is one of the coolest things. And whether it's that or whether it's embracing the fact that I'm like Latina or whether it's embracing other things about my life and sharing that with my community, I've actually had people, clients that I work with and coach them through their own business who have flat out gone and said, I've hired you because of one of these things, because I'd rather get support from you and essentially support you in turn, because I feel a deeper connection to who you are. Uh, to what your values are in terms of representation and inclusivity and diversity and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, like I said before, like whether it's business or just life, it's really important to know what's possible for us. And that's going to create much deeper connections with friends and with our community online. That's going to lead to even greater opportunities and even a sort of opportunities and paying clients and all that kind of stuff is going to lead to you building a business that you actually get the shit about, that you are passionate about, that you will probably continue to grow for a very long frigging time because there's a deeper purpose there as opposed to just making money and that being the only priority that you have. Yeah. No, that's really true. And thank you for sharing that, you know, because it is such a weird thing to talk about. Like when you have a non-traditional, not white picket fence kind of lifestyle, I feel like there's a few different ways that you can take that when it becomes kind of a public conversation. There's people who are like, I am the gayest and like, I'm going to just put like pride flags on everything. And this is going to be the thing that people are drawn to, you know? And then there's people who are like, you know what, I just want to kind of live my life. And like, if you resonate with how I'm doing things, then great. And if not, then whatever. And I feel like uh, it is important to see that representation and to have those people who are like champions for a cause. But it's also important to see what that looks like on the other side of just living your life without bringing everybody into your relationship or everybody into, you know, the kinds of values that you feel are important. Just being yourself and like, Making your own version of the white picket fence dream, I think, is important. <laughs> yes, I love that. Your own version of the white picket fence. So it should be like a little tagline or something. Merchandise, you like hats and mugs. Yeah. No, and similarly, when I was growing up, because I'm from Hawaii, right? We have so much diversity here that there are just constant 
there's just constantly different ideas of what you should be or who you should be or what you should be doing and all this different stuff. And like when I was growing up, I didn't know anybody who ran a business either. And so whenever I was in school, there were like people who would come in and talk to us for career day. And they were always white women in pencil skirts who were telling me about corporate life or it was some like thick like Hawaiian guy who was telling me about like this is what construction is and I was like well I'm neither of those people where do I fit in you know and my entire family worked in the hotel industry so it was like okay well then I'm gonna work at the front desk all my life or I'm gonna work in I don't even freaking know like what other departments exist in hotels but it was like <laughs> Where do you get that representation and how do you reconcile what you want out of your life versus what everybody else is telling you your life should look like on the outside, even if they're not even happy? Yeah. A lot of the times I find that that comes, comes from people just truly just loving you and wanting to keep you safe and suggesting the path of least resistance, the path that they believe is going to bring about success and happiness and whatever safety, let's say. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's not for everybody. Uh, I love what you mentioned about having people at school represent different roles. It would be so freaking awesome. You could now show up every year, like every fall or <laughs> spring, whatever, and be like, so this is another version of what life gets to look like. So if you're into this roller skates, short. <laughs> This is what you can actually pursue and it can happen. Trust me. I feel like that needs to be your thing. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. I mean, so honestly, I've done that before. Like I've, I worked in the marketing department for my college. And so what we would do is we would go into high school and we would talk about, okay, what can your life look like? And even if you don't go to college, what do you want your life to look like? And the saddest part was that we would go to high schools and the kids there would so often just be like, wait, you mean I can decide for myself? It was like it hadn't even occurred to them that they could make a choice of what their lives looked like. They just assumed that they would do whatever their parents did. And that's just what their role was. And so I feel like even just even just more awareness about the fact that you have the choice is something that we need more of. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the choice can be to pursue the traditional lifestyle that we've all been conditioned to assume is normal. But yeah, the choice is actually what's so important. It's so true. You get to choose whether you go traditional, whether you completely break the rules, whatever it is, it's going to, at the end of the day, make you happy, even if it's just living in a van. And some people might think that that's what? Like you're homeless? No, 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 no. Like, I live in a freaking van. That's empowering. Like, I'm traveling and I'm working odd jobs, perhaps. Maybe I have a business. But that's what makes you happy. Then freaking go do it, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Yeah. So what does your version of the white picket fence life look like? Like, what's your picture? <laughs> okay. I actually, it's funny that we're talking about white picket fence because one of the things that I envision as part of my dream life is actually house specific. So. I would love to have a home. I don't care where. Like in theory, we often talk about the fact that it'd be really cool to live somewhere that's really warm, doesn't have winter with snow because I'm not a cold person. Like I don't like winter activities and all kind of stuff. So although I love Canada, it is really hard to live in a place where it's cold to several months out of the year. But in any case, at the end of the day, if I live in Canada for the rest of my life, that's totally fine because it's a beautiful country. It's freaking incredible. The opportunities, everything. But 
the house itself, I would love for it to be like Spanish slash Mediterranean inspired. Like maybe even like white with like the orange tiles and like funky tiles. You know, when you have the front of steps, like if you're going up the stairs, mm -hmm. so the front with like cute little like designs as if it was like that Mediterranean tile, I thought oh, like cool. Greek or whatnot. I think that would be beautiful. So that is definitely top of my list. Having a really cute <laughs> that's Spanish inspired and that has a cute courtyard. So we can spend a lot of time outdoors, even if it has to be covered to shelter us from the snow. Totally cool. But I want to be able to spend time outdoors all year round. Okay. So that's part of it. And other than that, like there's definitely other specifics, but honestly, it's having more free time. I've always had such a strong like desire to or it's not even desire it's more like a, on a mission to prove slash whatever else you want to call it to prove that you don't have to wait until retirement in order to live your life I think that sounds dreadful and I remember telling somebody in HR that once like why would I wait when I don't even know that retirement's a guarantee for me. Like, am I even going to be alive? Am I going to be able to afford to do things once I'm retired? Like, what? And they looked at me flabbergasted. They're like, what? And I was like, that's the reality. So no. So for me, it's, it's free time. Honestly, it's cutting down the amount of hours that I put into my business, even though I'm so obsessed with it. I don't want to be working 24-7. It is taking more time off, whether it's the evenings, weekends off. It is taking whole months off at a time where all I'm doing is, yes, supporting my clients, doing calls, box or whatever. But other than that, I'm not worried about marketing my business and showing up and doing the things that you think you need to do in order to run a successful business. No, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to just sit there and play board games on the patio at home even. I don't have to travel necessarily, but just do the things that actually make you happy and make you realize that this is my life. Like, holy shit. Like, I'm not stuck in an office. I'm not stressed. I'm just having fun and I'm just spending time with like friends or loved ones. And I think that's what my dream life looks like the house and the freedom i love that and it you bring up a good point that like more often than not i feel like our goals are internal as much as they are external right and not to be stressed have more freedom and also to have a nice house and i love that you're combining <laughs> spanish inspired with mediterranean because it's so perfect for you guys because your wife is from italy so it's like there you go it's perfect exactly <laughs> So that's one of the dreams. Uh, they're super hypothetical. We don't, we're not actively making a plan to it for it. But in the back of our minds is always the idea of, hey, maybe we'll go live in Italy for a year or maybe we'll go live in Portugal or Spain or just one of the countries that are there in that area. They've got the weather, they've got the beautiful, whether it's a landscape or architecture, et cetera. I think that would be really freaking cool. So quote me on it only if you see me going to <laughs> you told me you were going to do that otherwise let's pretend it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> well that's where the internal goals come in i see her not being stressed so she's still doing it <laughs> yeah. i love that <laughs> okay so i have it's so funny because i love the way that this podcast is structured to where we can have these conversations and kind of go a little bit off the rails too but i want to make sure we touch on like all these different elements you know because there's so much to talk about i know you do a lot of myth busting on your uh instagram channel but what are some of like 
the pressures you feel are there for other online service businesses? Like what are the biggest things that you think people need to just bust those myths left and right? <laughs> I think one of the big ones has to do with comparison. And it's the whole concept that you might be doing things right already, but we see somebody else, let's say, get really famous on Instagram Reels or on TikTok or whatever the new platform of choices at the time. And you go, okay, so that's how I'm going to succeed. And then you bust your ass for maybe a day or maybe months trying to perfect that one tactic, that one small way of running your business and making it big. Or maybe you see people talking about email marketing being super important. Don't get me wrong. I think it is important. I think it's super helpful. But does everybody have to get into it? No, there's different priorities depending on where you're at in your business, what you actually want your business to look like and what your strengths are. And then your audience, of course, comes into play. So when we compare ourselves, whether it's different ways to run our business or different offers that we have to put out or how like with, with service providers, the kind of results that we need to provide as well. Like it's why, why are we making decisions based on what other people are doing when instead we can just look internally and figure out what feels good to us, how we thrive in terms of how we show up, whether it's written, uh, audio, video, whatever, and pursue that and then trust that that's going to work as opposed to putting all this pressure on ourselves to be perfect, but to be perfect in terms of somebody else's um, story, journey, whatever, as opposed to just doing things. I don't want to use the word perfect again, but just the way that you're meant to be doing and trust that whatever you're doing is technically perfect in your own world, in your own terms. Because comparison just like really, it kills dreams. Like it's, it's really, it sends you through spirals. It makes you do things that perhaps you don't need to do. And ultimately, if you do see something and you're like, you know what, I could enhance that skill because I know I could be better at that. That's different. That's self-development. But that need to do things the way that others are doing it. I think it's often or more often than not, one of the things that ends up holding us back and it almost creates a roadblock because we're going up this like ad upwards like wall or whatever roadblock, let's say, versus going the easy routes the one that comes a little bit more naturally and the one that is going to actually bring the kind of success that we are looking for for us. I would say that is it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's something that I feel a lot of people have questions about is like, where do you draw the line between inspiration and comparison? You know, because inspiration is good. Inspiration like motivates you to do things your own way and be creative. But comparison might not do the same thing for you, depending on how you how much you internalize what that means about yourself, you know. And like, I think you bring up a really good point that it's not so much about not comparing or not being inspired by other people, but more why. Why is it that something resonates with you versus something doesn't resonate with you? Or why are you inspired by something versus not inspired by something? Yeah, I, I really, really like that. That felt really deep, the whole, the why, essentially, and analyzing different ideas, thoughts, anything that's coming to mind, and tying it back to that why and why it feels good to you or not. One of the things that I love to 
utilize both like myself and with my clients is the concept of your vision of, for your business and what you want it to look like in terms of the internal goals that you have, as well as the external ones for the people that you want to support. And then pair that up with your values. Because I feel like together, they really do act as a guiding compass and they act as that why. Because when you do see somebody doing something, I had that instance actually where I had an idea. Then a month later, somebody released that same idea. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I can't do it now. Like I'm copying them, even though I had come up with the idea before. But it's just that whole imposter syndrome slash like comparison syndrome started to creep up. And a year later, which I'm, it's silly that I waited that long, but whatever. Uh, about a year or a year and a half later, I decided that that idea that I had had, first of all, it felt good at the time. So why not? But two, it actually helped me get closer to my goals. And it was very nicely aligned with my values and how I wanted to serve my community. So and I'm like, I can't not do this. I'd be essentially doing a disservice to my community by not putting this offer together because I'm clearly meant to be doing it. And now I now get to trust that something that I put into this offer is going to be different. It's going to have my unique perspective, my unique background experience, whatever, that's going to make it worth it for whoever wants to see that little transformation, that win, that whatever. And yeah, so wise goals, values, definitely a good uh, compass to help you make decisions. Sometimes it takes a little bit of self-awareness to kind of figure out what it is that is driving you to do that. And self-awareness is a tough one sometimes. <laughs> it's so true. I feel like we can develop that as a skill, let's say, but the more we grow or change or make decisions, it's almost like a battle. Like you got to continue to train that muscle. I remember doing an interview for just a volunteer position back in university. And I, by that time, was a freaking pro at interviews. So I was very self-aware. So I came up and I was talking about my weaknesses, but how they were in fact strengths. And I was able to basically flip everything on its ass and be a boss and just do everything really well or whatever. But I was sharing things that were very personal. And they were really impressed. They're like, holy shit, that's the best interview I've ever done. And I'm like, okay. And one of the <laughs> things they said is that you're just so self-aware. So it's true. Like I said, obviously, I'm not always fully self-aware because it's just something that we continue. We have to continue to look inwards. We have to continue to pay attention and to notice and pick up on the things that we're doing and why we're doing, you know, and stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, I've definitely seen the value that that can bring and how that can allow you to really just understand yourself more and why you do certain things. So it's really freaking cool. It's something that can, in a sense, come in handy as an entrepreneur because you're your own boss. Like nobody else is going to tell you what to do. So mm -hmm. you're the one that's going to have to make decisions and then quote unquote live with them, even though that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, to kind of pivot with the consequences. Yeah. Whatever those consequences are going to be. Yeah. So what, there's so many coaches out there. And to be honest, I can't think of a single one who does exactly what you do. They offer similar things, but really not with the same goals. Teaching a very specific skill set in terms of strategy versus tools. And you're not like, here's how you use 
I don't know, MailChimp for this specific visibility structure. You're like, I'm just going to teach you the visibility structure and how to get more in tune with what you want to be doing. Do you feel, what do you feel are like the biggest, you know, not to get caught up in the comparison side of things, but what do you feel are the biggest things that you bring to the industry that really draw people to what you're doing? That's a good question. So I will say when I first uh, pivoted into leadership and visibility, my entire messaging was essentially, you've never seen this before. I still use that sounds. It was, this is my unique signature framework. I still use the term signature framework because I did develop this strategy, let's say, based on my own experience. And I didn't look elsewhere to develop it. It was just things that I kept stumbling into that I realized were working really well. So I was like, hey, how can we reverse engineer this so that I can help more people see the kind of results that I've been experiencing? So I used that messaging a lot until I saw a couple people that were doing something slightly similar, like you said, but it was still like their own way and in its own context almost. So um, I went several months basically fully believing that I was the only person that I ever talked about. It's not like I'm such a boss. <laughs> and that happens. Uh, but actually like many lesson there. We try so hard to be unique and be different, but at the end of the day, there's almost no such thing as being fully unique because there's always a chance that subconsciously you absorb some sort of information or a concept or just something previously in your life that shaped this idea for you. And it's likely that either that idea and then that thing that you observe is similar to what you're now doing, or it's likely that somebody else made that exact same deduction. But Anyway, why would people want to essentially, why they would either want to work with me or value this specific method? I think, honestly, I, what I do, and this is very common in the coaching industry, is I try to remember that my clients are people just like me. And that they have their own strengths, their own weaknesses, and their own preferences. I think preferences being key. So we all want to fill the business in our own different way. We all want to have a specific version of our dream life, which is different to so many other people. So what I try and do is not only just the fact that the framework in itself and what I teach, it ties in leadership and standing out through that and really owning your own role as that leader, as a unique person by uh, weaving in like your personal brand and all that kind of stuff. Like it all really comes in together in a very beautiful way where we're not just looking at, let's say, PR. We're not just looking at marketing and funnels. Like we can use all that a hundred percent. But at the end of the day, it's just how everything molds together so that it works for you, so that you thrive, so that you feel confident, so that you get the best results that you're going to get. And that ultimately, so you're attracting the kind of people that you're obsessed with and people that are going to be obsessed with you. So at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're creating an entire like ecosystem or way of running your business that doesn't feel forced and that attracts the right people versus running into so many roadblocks, kind of like we were talking earlier because we're forcing things or we're trying too hard. And I'll take a step back for a moment because one of the things that I still love to do with my clients is to challenge them. 
because there are instances where we feel like something is not meant for us and we're like, I don't want to do that. Uh, video <laughs> is a very common example. I can't tell you the amount of clients that I've had who we worked through the entire concept of showing up on video and they dreaded it until we just came up with a way to do so that felt good. And it's crazy now seeing them showing up every day and doing fun things <laughs> or things that they find fun. And it works when they show up, they actually sell and then they start attracting the right people. So whether it's video or whether it's leadership and disability, it's about finding something that actually works for you so that you can see success. Because the last thing I would want is for somebody to just learn my methods and then just become like a pale version of me or even an identical version. Like, that's not fun. That's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve me to have a bunch of like robot army clients. Like, <laughs> so I, I think I'm not 100% sure if that answers your question. Let me know. But I think that's essentially it. It's making whatever I know work for you. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's so true because there are so many coaches who basically are going to coach you to become like them. And it's, like speaking from experience, I had the misconception when you first started this business, when you first made that pivot from brand strategist to visibility coach, I had this mistaken misconception that it was all about like doing TikTok videos and like showing up and being an extrovert. And I was like, obviously that works perfectly for Steph because Steph is that kind of person. I am not that kind of person. And like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll make an Instagram reel with like a bunny hat on and it'll be funny and then I'll never do it again. You know, so it's like for you, I see this version of what it is that you're doing. But then I started to see like when we started doing more collaborative things where you we were talking about your method and all this stuff. I realized that it's not about doing TikToks and it's not about like dancing on Instagram reels or even wearing a bunny hat and doing it. It's about like figuring out what works for you and then using that to your advantage and reverse engineering the successes that you've already seen using methods that work for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally can see what you mean. Yeah. Do you feel like with this reverse engineering, I know that a big part of this whole thing is that nobody gave you permission to do this, right? It's not like you went to leadership and visibility coaching school and somebody was like, here, this is how you become a leadership and visibility coach. Like, you know, like you said, it's almost for a while. I think you kind of were the only person doing this. Do you feel like with your clients, a big part of what you do, aside from, you know, challenging them to do these new things is also just giving them permission to be themselves? Uh, One thousand percent. What warms my heart the most, I can think of two people in particular who have been doing this a lot lately, is when clients come to me, whether it's while we're working together or after the fact, and they say something like, thank you for essentially giving me permission, which is so funny. Sometimes we do need permission, let's be honest. Um, but thank you for showing me that I don't have to do things a certain way that I get to do whatever the hell I want. And these are people in different stages of life. Like I've had moms say that who were struggling with the concept of being an entrepreneur because they've got a lot more on their plate in some instances than somebody who's perhaps single, right? A hundred percent. That is what warms my heart the most when I hear my clients realize, or even when I see them start to really step into their own role as a leader and start to make decisions for themselves, decisions that are going to serve them. And they stop thinking about 
what everybody else is doing and they stop worrying about what everybody's doing, what everybody's going to say. And instead, just trusting that what they're going to do is going to work. And then, of course, cherry on freaking top. It's freaking incredible to see when they do that, they step into that role or that version of themselves. And then they get people reaching out, inquiring. And it's like goosebumps all freaking over. It's like, see, it freaking works. Like people (laughs) want to work with you because of you, because you do things your way, because you're not bound by all these stupid rules and you're not stiff and boring. You're literally unique and weird and quirky and That's what makes you unique. That's what makes people want to work with you over anybody else. Of course, that has to do with personal branding. But at the end of the day, it's it's so freaking amazing. Yeah. No, that confidence totally plays a huge part in the whole thing. And it kind of ties into what you were saying earlier, which is like, instead of doing this uphill battle where you're taking on all these tools that aren't really resonating with you, Why not take the easier route and just do what you're already doing, but be more strategic about it? So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I've had to do myself. And I'm actually revisiting that now again this year is to give myself permission to trust that I can just focus on, let's say, the two or three things that allow me to have the most fun and to really show up as myself and just thrive in my zone of genius, let's say. And trust that that is going to propel me forward way more than doing the right things. It's something that I worked with my own coach even because we can be amazing at coaching our own clients. But when it comes to ourselves, we're emotionally invested and we don't always see our own roadblocks. So it's kind of funny slash ironic how what we are so easily able to help other people with, even as designers, something that comes up a lot, you can design for anybody but for yourself, it's often a lot harder. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, giving yourself permission to just trust that what has worked for you in the past and the way that you genuinely want to run your business, that that's going to be exactly what it takes in order to hit your next goal, your next milestone. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you are a leadership and visibility coach, but so much of what you teach isn't even about leadership or visibility. It's about an internal transformation that allows you to be comfortable being visible. And that's such an interesting thing is like people probably come to you and that probably is the misconception that like it has to do with marketing or it has to do with these kinds of things or like me, it has to do with doing TikTok dances. But like really, I feel like you're giving your clients so much more than just visibility. You're giving them that like self-confidence and that Again, I guess that permission to be who they are without apologizing and to run their business in a way that really speaks to their values. Yeah. Do you feel like you've experienced a huge amount of like personal transformation yourself now pivoting into this more one-on-one coaching role? Yeah. I don't know that it's specifically one-on-one. Actually, you know what, what I'll share about one-on-one being an impact or creating impact instead of my own business and creating like shifts is that I've realized that I care a lot about the people that I work with. And I've definitely experienced that in the past, but not to this level. And one of the things that you notice in business, at least I've seen in business, is when you first start off, the main goal tends to often be around, uh, I need freedom or money. It's one of those like kind of like primary needs that we have in life, right? And as you continue to grow, 
you start to feel this like heavier and deeper desire to make a difference, let's say, as simple as that might seem, but to make a difference, we can impact all of this stuff. And that's what I realized with one-on-one support, because it is more long-term. We do get really deep. Like the clients that I work with, I'll say this first. When I work with a coach, I've cried on calls before. It happens. Some of the shit is deep. Some of the stuff that you have to work through, some of the breakthroughs that you have, it's just, it's a lot of pent up energy and pressure that we put on ourselves that it just gets released. And a lot of like aha moments and just whatever. So not that all my clients cry, but one thing they do is just, it's so incredible to realize that the people that you're working with feel so comfortable with you and they're prepared to be so open and honest with you in order to actually see results and to move forward and to take action as opposed to continue to run into the same blocks over and over and over again because we're only taking superficial action and we're only addressing superficial uh, concepts, strategies, whatever. And I find that like what you were mentioning, how what I do isn't necessarily all around visibility and leadership. Like I do touch on a lot of other concepts within business and within just like empowerment as a whole. And I find that that can be so much more valuable because you can take that away. Like we don't have to even continue working together and you can now feel more confident in the fact that you will make the right decisions in the fact that you've got what it takes. And that is in itself so valuable because then you're not stuck investing in every single new course that you see being launched because you're trying to find a solution and just a magical recipe that's going to change your business all of a sudden. Instead, you get to just make investments because they're actually a good fit for you at the right time. And instead, like we said earlier, she trusts that you have what it takes inside of you and that you will see success with what you've already got and with who you are, plain and simple. Yeah, for sure. So then you feel that that is influencing your life as just a person too, as well as just like being able to help these people and help them kind of step into that level of like confidence and alignment. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been sensing a bit of a shift. It's almost like my clients inspire me more. When I hear what they value and why, what their their mission is in their business and how they want to uh, change the world, let's say, in their own unique way, it's, I've been feeling it actually only these past couple of weeks. So it's very fresh. So I've yet to like explore it fully, but it's showing me that there's a lot more things that I care about more deeply than I first realized. Um, similar to how we were talking earlier about representation, that kind of stuff. And I'm becoming more in tune with that side of me, which I wasn't as in touch with before. So it's it's kind of scary and exciting to be feeling that. And it actually makes me, I, I, I mentioned being inspired by my clients, but also it makes me more proud of them when I see them stepping into those kind of roles even before me and starting to really, I guess, voice out voice up I don't even know how to say it but essentially (laughs) use their voice for Mm -hmm. the stuff that they deeply care about for the stuff that they believe really matters and needs to be talked about more and that's just so cool to realize that I can learn from my clients while I'm supporting them and it can be this mutual kind of respect and mutual relationship that allows us both to grow in different ways and yeah 
it, it feels pretty powerful. I'm definitely excited to continue to explore it more as I continue to support these clients and as I continue to just give myself the space and the time to explore those thoughts and those beliefs and how I want to incorporate them into my own business. Yeah, no, it's truly like giving somebody the power to have their own voice and the confidence to use it is such a powerful thing. Just being able to empower other people because the thing at the end of the day is like you can't be the champion for every cause you care about. It's just not possible because there's too many things, right? And like empowering other people to fight those battles and to speak up for the things that they're passionate about, I think it causes kind of a ripple effect. You are empowering people to make change and to improve their situation and to improve the world, really. And those people will in turn inspire other people and it just kind of radiates out from there. So it's really important work and it's really cool that you're starting to like kind of see that ripple effect take shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we're all in this together to make the world a better place for us, whatever that means. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's it's a collaborative effect. We're all a community. <laughs> we're back to it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, okay. So thank you so much for being here. And I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I always like to end with two questions. What what would you encourage other people to do who are in the same place that you were in where they weren't feeling aligned with what they were doing? They were feeling like they're giving into that pressure too much. What encouragement would you give to them to help them do something that feels more aligned? I would say like a simple answer just do it like you can't do wrong but I feel like that's very uh people can't necessarily feel connected to that because like yeah we're like <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just knowing this might not even be helpful I'm going to share it anyway <laughs> knowing that we only have one life and it's not worth it like it brings you back to the whole retirement thing like why mm -hmm. wait to wait whether it's like a couple months years a lifetime to do what you actually want to do whether it's in life or business when you can technically start doing it now and if it does feel scary because either you're not sure you're well versed in that yet or you aren't just ready you're you're too intimidated or scared or whatever that's fine there's small ways that you can start to take little steps like maybe you just want to make a plan in writing of what that would look like and then you can decide okay i'm going to take step one next week step two the week after and if it takes a long time that's totally okay that can allow you to slowly uh believe that you can do it and build up that confidence and build up whatever skills or whatever it is that you feel that you might be missing in order to more confidently step into that and if that requires a pivot then sure go pivot but small steps are totally okay because there's no rush. The only way that there, quote unquote, is a rush is just the fact that you deserve to be doing what you genuinely want to be doing. And there is almost, unless there's something that actually like, literally holds you back where uh, you have your own set of circumstances that don't allow you to take action, of course. Um, otherwise, there's no reason not to. Like, you're in control. You get to run your life. So just do so and do whatever makes you happy now because we never know what, what what's in store tomorrow. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, so screw it. Just do you. <laughs> Just YOLO. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's, that's a really good point. You brought up the idea of actual limitations versus perceived limitations. And I feel like that's a huge 
key piece of the puzzle that coaches like you and even just like family and friends, but mostly people who kind of have that experience can really shed a lot of light on is like, okay, is this a limiting belief that isn't actually based on reality? It's just based on like external pressure and all this stuff. Or is this actually a reason that you can't take action? And I feel like probably you could vouch for this more than I can, but probably nine times out of 10, it's a perceived limiting belief that isn't real. (laughs) A hundred percent. We make, to some extent, we're making up stories in our own mind as to whether we can or can't do things or why it won't happen for us. And it's all coming from our own perceptions, our own subconscious. And it's stuff that we actually have the power to address and rewrite so that that can, in fact, become a reality and be our truth. Um, I'll just say, I know you have, I think, one more question, but you are really good at listening and kind of absorbing what's being said. And then in a way, spit it out in a sense that's so beautifully said. Like when we're, you were talking about the internal and external, I used a specific word and I was like, that's what I should have said. That was so <laughs> you're like really really observant it's really awesome thank you that's hilarious yeah I um I I try to be a very good active listener but I'm also kind of a word nerd so it's like I I put those two things together and you get whatever the hell just comes out of my mouth yeah. <laughs> but yeah thank you so okay my last question what what is next for you because it's not like you get to some mountaintop in your business where everything is magically aligned and, oh my God, I never have to do anything different. What is it that's coming up for you, whether it means re-examining and changing some things or just new adventures that you're excited about? Yeah. So I've actually been looking forward these last couple of weeks at what I want that to look like. So it's not fully forward, but some of the themes that are coming through is to one simplify what I'm doing. So we're talking about business, for example, is to simplify, take everything away that I don't really care about anymore. And it's not that I don't care, but it's just, it's not serving me as I want it to serve me anymore. And focus more on, let's say my zone of genius. So leadership and visibility, because it's something that I can trust and I can believe that will take me to that next level. And after simplifying things, what I'm actually really excited about is to then expand. So it almost sounds like opposite, but (laughs) I find that when we simplify, it's so much easier to then expand in the right direction. So my podcast was one of those things, releasing that. It was that first way to expand my brand further. I'm looking forward to starting, uh, launching a merchandising shop with like clothing I don't know that I have any other specific concrete ideas, but I've got a couple like workshops that I'm kind of like mulling around with. And I'm just essentially, I'm just trying to do more things that I find fun and that really feel me and part of my brand. Like I love to do in-person speaking. So I'm like, what about an in-person workshop? Like I don't have to see somebody else doing it in order to do it myself, right? So I think it's a lot of that. It's starting to really figure out what I want to be do to be doing, regardless of what anybody else is doing and what they are saying is a good idea or a quick and easy and successful way of growing your business. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it on a business front. And on a life front, I don't I don't know that we've explored anything. Like with everything happening in the world, I don't think we're yet ready to go traveling. 
And that's usually, we usually try and do two trips a year. So right now that's on the plant on the table or whatever on the back burner. Back burner, yeah. So I'm not sure. I know I'd love to buy a home, even if it's not the dream home yet. <laughs> so that will probably go top of the list to at least we're doing research and figure out what that would look like, what a good timeline would be. But yeah, those are some of the things I'm looking forward to in the new year. But mostly just having fun and following what I want to do, like truly, truly want to do. I love that. And I feel like having fun is such an overlooked but really crucial part of like just being a person. It's like, I don't know, we, we give having fun a bad rap. And I think doing more of the things that are fun is always a good idea. <laughs> 100%. Something I'll share. I realized recently, uh, by recently, I mean like two or three months ago that my weekends, although I had all my evenings and weekends free, they were mostly spent either running errands, cleaning the home, or watching a ton of Netflix, which I love and is fun to some extent, but that's all I was doing. So when I made the decision to shift from working five days a week to four days a week, I was like, I need to be intentional about this. So Fridays are going to be fun days. They're either going to be me exploring new hobbies or going on like mini like hikes, adventures, dates, whatever you want. And just as long as it's something different and it's not errands or hobby or or Netflix, then I'm happy. And yeah, th that's how I was like, you know what? I, I need to literally just start having more fun and living my life today. Because even if it's of something that I care so deeply about, it's funny how we lose sight of things so easily. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And it's like, if you say, okay, these are my weekends, then you think to yourself exactly like you're saying, like, okay, well, then that's the time I have to do the laundry or the dishes yeah. or the whatever. So it's really cool that you're like setting up those boundaries and you're like, no, it's a fun day. Is doing the laundry fun? <laughs> okay. No, not even. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so, so much, Steph. It's always amazing to get to talk to you. And especially now that you're in such a aligned role with who you are, you are naturally the kind of person who can coach people and who can encourage people and push people without it feeling like a criticism. So I love I love talking to you about this stuff. You're very like, I don't know, you're fun. <laughs> so are you. I've loved being here and hanging out with you and talking all things alignment and just living your life and all that good stuff. Uh, thank you so much. And I can't wait yeah. to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to plug before you, we head out? Any place that people can reach out to you and learn more about your programs or anything? Yeah, you can definitely follow me on Instagram. As much as I talk about diversifying and getting on different platforms, Instagram is usually where I hang out. And that's Steph Wharton underscore. And yeah, don't be shy. Feel free to reach out. I'm fun. I'm chill. I'm not scary and I don't bite. <laughs> I am weird, though. So I might be a little bit awkward, but like, that's fine. That's just how we roll. <laughs> yeah, TikTok dances and awkwardness. I think it's a good combination. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah, bust out the bunny ears. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Steph. And we'll talk to you again on a future episode, I hope. <laughs> talk to you later. Thank you for hanging with us on another episode of the Imperfect Professional Podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Shana Nacion. Audio editing is by Cassie McFarlane. Theme music is by my brother, Maluhia Music. And special thanks to all of our incredible guests who are willing to share their stories and support this project. If you'd like to share the story behind your business, send us an email at info at imperfectpod.com. 
or send me a DM on Instagram at Design. If you're interested in advertising with us, you can send us an email too. That's info at imperfectpod.com. We'll see you soon.